0: Welcome, pewter Report readers, viewers and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. It is a Thursday edition of the show. want to say hi to all of the pewter people that are just following in as we begin today's episode as we talk further about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and specifically for this episode, the last one before the Monday night game, is how the Bucs have improved since week three, specifically how they've improved since playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll talk about the Eagles uh, and their progression or degression. I don't even know if that's a word, but nonetheless. Um, So a lot to get into. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague from pewterreport.com, that's with me today at the Bucks facility. Adam Slavon is on the show. Adam, how's it going, and how are we feeling going into a uh, a weekend filled with playoff football that will be capped with Bucks versus Eagles on Monday night?
1: Oh yeah, it's going to be uh, quite the entertaining game on Monday night. But I'm doing great. Uh, great again, as always, to talk uh, the latest Bucks news with you and. Everything has been kind of crazy in the NFL in the past 24 hours with coaches coming and going. Yeah. And that entertainment extended to what we got to hear and see at the Bucks facility today a lot of great interviews from some pretty big people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to have a lot of video from today's show um, because we got video from yesterday as well, which is a bonus practice. And since there's no podcast on Friday, Tomorrow's practice, Friday for the Bucks, is essentially what usually a Thursday practice is in terms of helmets, shoulder pads, talking to Dave Canales and um, one of the co-defensive coordinators, I believe, this week is Larry Foote. Maybe it's Casey Rogers. We'll see. Um, so because of that, we're adding a little bit more video. There's some stuff from Antoine Winfield Jr. and Levante David that we didn't get to on yesterday that we'll talk about today. And then, of course, um, things with Todd Bowles and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, yep. some other players as well. But, Adam, I'm glad you started out with um, the coaches and all the big changes. Yeah. We're going to talk plenty of Buccaneers on this show. But we're also fans of football. We are uh, people that appreciate the game. And, yeah, some huge news in both college and the NFL. Um, first, Pete Carroll retired, like, a little bit after we got done with media yesterday.
1: That was the first um, domino.
0: Yeah, that was the first domino. And then not long after that, Nick Saban retired. I want to say a couple of minutes after we finished the podcast yesterday. Obviously, the greatest college football coach of all time. Retiring from um, Alabama after winning a title with LSU and six with Bama. And then today, it was announced that the Patriots um, and Bill Belichick are parting ways. So, another two big head coaches in the NFL that are no longer coaching and then obviously a huge one with um with Nick Saban. Your thoughts Adam about just the, the chaotic nature of uh these these coaching decisions and moves over over the past 24 and a half hours.
1: Yeah, to me it's an end of an era. Uh I I'm 22 and I've my whole life I've seen yeah. Bill Belichick coaching the Patriots. Nick Saban at Alabama and Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. And for each of them to leave their respective posts, it's it's an end of an era with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I think you kind of saw the first chapter of it end with Tom Brady coming to the Bucks. Yeah. But now that dynasty is completely over and they're going to be looking for that new guy. And whether that's a young offensive mind or if they promote somebody internally. And then extending to the college level, that really shakes up the dynamic because you talk about the Patriots being one dynasty. The Crimson the Crimson Tide has been another. And so many players have gone there. There's already a five-star receiver that backed out of his uh, commitment there. It's just going to be really wild to see how it shifts the landscape.
0: Yeah, uh, I think end of the eras are our, our correct word. I mean, personally, I kind of love that the, the Patriots board of and uh, board of legislation over there is is done uh, i'm excited that that is no longer something that people have to deal with i'm curious how the patriots kind of move on because you know a, lo- a lot of connections will say mike Vrabel. But you really want another defensive guy in after like clearly yeah. the offense and the lack of development of uh players is like the issue on that side The Batman thing is absolutely wild. I mean, I'm curious if they're going to go get a big coach. There's Mike Norvell that's in the mix. And also for the Seahawks, I mean, Pete Carroll, will he end up coaching somewhere else? Um, What coach goes there? I mean, that's a pretty interesting job to have. To bring this back to the Bucs real quick, I mean, we'll talk about the Bucs coaching situation once the season is done. However, there is a report floating around that there is still a mystery team that's in the postseason, that still has their coach right now. Maybe a playoff team, but a team that has their coach right now that could be interested in Bill Belichick once the Patriots make that move. They have now done that move.
1: You know who I think that mystery team could be?
0: Well, I think the two biggest teams out there are the Cowboys with Mike. And then the Bucks with with Todd Bowles and obviously whatever happens. I don't want to talk too much about, oh, what's going to happen to Bowles because we'll have all – at least the next week of whenever the buck season is done to talk about it. Um, but what do you think about those those two teams?
1: I definitely think the Cowboys. Um I know uh, Ian Rappaport alluded to it on the Pat McAfee show today, if the Cowboys lose in round 1 and they're with Under Mike McCarthy anything can happen. Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick do have a very long-standing relationship. So it'd be interesting to see if Bill Belichick was pursued by Jerry Jones, two older guys maybe looking to bring a championship, what be- what better guy to do it?
0: yeah oh uh a hundred a hundred sorry just getting our videos ready uh we'll hear from levante david in a little bit um some people mentioned the saints as well um yeah. i don't necessarily know about that one um but yeah definitely something to think about at least uh we have a super chat appreciate this super chat by the way if you super chat us you get to cut the line Kyle Miller with the $1.99 super chat says, Pro Bowl, my ass. I'm going to Las Vegas. <laughs> Anson Winfield Jr. Probably. That uh, goes back to a famous John Lynch quote back when the uh, Bucks clinched the NFC championship and then went to uh, the Super Bowl right away because that year they just did, there was no bye week in between. It was just straight to uh, the Super Bowl. So, whatever. Screw the Pro Bowl anyway. We did speak to Antoine Winfield Jr. yesterday. I know we played a little bit of that video uh, on the show, but uh, we have some more from Antoine Winfield Jr. that I want to get to. Um, We'll start out with, uh, once again, his thoughts about getting snubbed. Yeah, coming out of your defense, big
2: time. Oh, yeah. um, It's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. I can't control that. The only thing I can control is what I do on the field.
0: Why do
3: you
2: think that people are just kind of overlooking what you're doing this year? I'm not sure. I have no clue. To bother you? I mean, I know what I do. I know what I'm capable of. Um, I know the work that I put in. So at the end of the day, I think that's the only thing that really matters. Because, yeah, I mean, you've put up stats that hasn't, haven't happened yeah.
4: 20 yeah. Like something years. Right,
2: that's what I'm saying. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I bring to the table. So that's, I'm happy.
3: How good did it feel to get so much response from around the country, whether it was players?
2: Everybody's saying the best the yet, right? Um, it, it's it's cool to see, cool to see my name out there. Um, you know, like I said before, you know, I'm happy with my stats. I'm happy where I'm at. Um, you know, I can only control what I do on the field, and then after that, you know, everybody can have their own opinions. But I just know what I bring to the table.
0: And of course, uh, a big thing with like star players are signature plays you know moments that you remember uh and I think you know for someone like Rondé Barber everyone remembers the big play against the Eagles with um you know the intercepting Donovan McNabb and the end the game's done Antoine he has the moment with the peace sign on Tyreek Hill but that's a quality moment it is very much a quality moment um but I do think especially the one against Carolina, the the Falcons one might get lost in the shuffle a little bit because the Bucs ended up losing that game. It was earlier in the season, but this was week 18 last game of the season win, and you get into the playoffs. I don't think it matters that it was against a two win Carolina team, but that play knocking the ball out of the end zone is when they show the Antoine, we junior highlight reel, whenever his career is done, that's going to be on it. And that that's an early signature play for Antoine Winfield Jr. He kind of talked about practicing that where you necessarily can't practice it, but mentally he was taking reps about knocking that ball away and just kind of how it all went down. Working on that practice all season long? Yeah,
2: it's some... um, I mean, you can't really you don't fully get a chance to do that in practice, but you can always take your mind there. So like when a runner is coming past me, I'm like, okay, where is he holding the ball at? Am I gonna get an opportunity to punch the ball out? So I don't full out punch it in practice, but I'm like running that through my mind. So I, I put myself in those scenarios before it happens. And then game time presents itself and then I try to make the most of the opportunity. In against the Falcons here, Chris Olave passed in New Orleans. You had two touchdown saving tackles in Minnesota in week one. I mean, that, that's six touchdowns that you saved. Is there a statistic that you guys keep? I mean, how many touchdowns have you saved this year through throughout the season? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. All I know is that's part of the job. You know, at safety, we're the last side of defense, so we have to do that. So that's just part of the job. I don't really know how many times I've done it, but that's just part of it.
0: When you make the big play, knocking the ball out of the end zone, giving the ball back to, to the offense, can you feel the energy around the rest of the defensive players? Like if you're picking your game up and, and saving it for the team, everyone else has got to do their part too. Yeah,
2: yeah, 100%. And um, that's one way that we feed off of each other. If somebody else makes a big play or a turnover, I feel like it gets the juices going. Everybody's ready to like go out there and do it again. And I feel like anytime you make a play like that, I feel like it gasses everybody up.
0: And uh, part of the reason why we played this Antoine Winfield Jr. videos, or these videos, I should say, is uh, he was in the news once again. By the way, yeah. uh, one more time, he did bring out the, the title belt. He's the world champion of, uh, at least from Good Morning Football, as the best defensive back in the league. So that was fun to see. That was like a nice <laughs> surprise because I don't think they the Bucs posted it on social media that he had the belt until after <laughs> we finished talking to him. So he just showed up with the belt. I was like, oh, Let's go! And uh, some Bucks who fans. Who needs the were, Pro Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Who needs the Pro Bowl when you got the belt? Some Bucks fans will remember as well that um, when they won, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2020, there was obviously a bunch of different uh, cruise ships that the Bucks were on when they had the boat parade. And Antoine Winfield Jr. had a, a WWE yep. Championship as well. Now, I know we all want the Bucks to get to the Super Bowl, and that's still the game plan and the hope. However, if the Bucs do not get to the NFC Championship game, the Royal Rumble is at Tropicana Field this year on Gasparilla on January 27th or whatever it is. I wouldn't mind seeing Anton Winfield Jr. in the the Royal Rumble. I think he would have a good chance to win it. Uh, One thing that he won today was the NFC Defensive Player of the Month. He won Defensive Player of the Week yesterday. He wins Defensive Player of the Month today.
1: And then Defensive Player of the Year after, right? <laughs> just keep well, going. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, this is
0: actually, Todd Bowles spoke about that quickly today. Let's let's hear from Todd Bowles. He
5: just keeps piling up accolades the and, and still being overlooked for some teams that we know about. Um, in your mind, should he be a Defensive of the Year candidate as well?
6: I think he should. I mean, from the plays he made this year, just from the way he's played, I mean, week in and week out, Big play after big play—be a sack, be a fumble, be an interception, be a tackle. He, he's made play in, play out. He's been consistent all year. Again, I haven't looked at the other defensive players' play. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that's deserving of that award, but you know, in our minds, he, he's up that he should be.
0: What else does this man have to do to either get an All-Pro? I think Defensive Player of the Year will still be a little bit tough for him. what else does he have to do? What does he have to prove to get some type of national recognition? He's getting it a little bit now, but I I think that, that all pro, if he can get it, which we're all in agreement, he absolutely deserves. That would truly be the icing on the cake of what's been a fantastic season.
1: It really has. And Antoine Winfield Jr. is somebody that is definitely in need of getting his flowers and getting them before it's almost too late. I think this season you've seen with Mike Evans, he's finally getting recognition on a national scale at age 30. Uh, Levante David, he's been snubbed throughout his career. And Antoine Winfield Jr. is doing things that no other safety in the National Football League is doing. He's yeah. the best safety in the National Football League. And it's it's time he kind of gets properly recognized. I don't think he's going to win NFL, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But I guess getting these two awards the past two days is a step in the right direction. He just needs an all-pro first team.
0: Uh, I love this comment from Jeff the Champ who says him field that dude. Yeah, Jeff the Champ, you actually – you had that uh, comment the other day during the uh, during the live stream, which, by the way, we'll be doing that again on Monday night, Four Bucks versus Eagles. I'll promo that a little bit later. I'm glad you mentioned Levante David because he also spoke on the same day um, as Antoine Winfield Jr. did. And uh, you talk about getting your flowers and stuff like that. It, it feels like Levante – He's getting his flowers more. And I think it's because every year the question has to be asked of whether or not Levante is uh, going to keep playing the game of football. So I want to play some videos. I want to make sure this file is correct because the two Levante videos I'm going to play, or at least two of them, they are bigger files. So I can't just go and click them like the other videos that we're going to see today. So um, just a little bit working on the fly, see if this video is going to work. Here's Levante David just talking about, his um i don't like how the last four years have been for him because those are the first four times he's made the postseason in his career yeah. so uh let's make sure we get the proper formatting with this and we'll see how it goes i you a little bit better but what does it say for somebody like yourself who has seen this turn the way it has and just you know
7: the organization yeah i mean i love it Those eight years in the past man get about it you know um the past four years been amazing You know, um, just the chain the guard, the standard that this team have, the talent that we have, and uh, just the 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 urgency we got to, you know, be able to be in these situations. You know, um, there's one point during the season that you know we was doubted by a lot of people. You know, so we just had to dig deep to be able to get to this position, and now we're here, so we gotta take advantage of it. And um, it's definitely a blessing. You know, like you said, man, eight years not even sniffed to be in this in this situation, but now four years in a row, it says a lot.
2: Years before seeing your first playoff game, you've got what a dozen guys in that locker room who are rookies mm-hmm. who are getting that playoff experience in the first year. Mm-hmm. This is a, a different team than when you were in 2020. It was a very, very veteran laden team. Mm-hmm. This is a much younger team. Uh, as a veteran leader who's been there and done that, how do you have to kind of get these young guys to understand the gravity of the moment and that this is not a given every year? Yeah, I know you All I is tell them my story. Telling my story, hopefully that scared them. You don't want to
7: be in the position I was in. You know, first eight years, when you get these opportunities, man, you want to take advantage of it. These there are very, very hard to come by. You know, and, um, I always say, man, you got to be grateful to be in this position. You know, don't take it for granted. Um, a lot of people would love to be in our shoes right now, today. So uh, be able to, you know, just come out, you know, and just, you know, stay focused, stay the course, and uh, whenever you get a chance to do it, you got to make the most of
4: it. What was the scariest?
7: I'm scary part. I know. <laughs> uh, times where, you know, you just like, man, maybe I'll never make the playoffs. You know, stuff like that. So uh, you don't want to get in that mindset. You don't want to get in that mode. You know, so uh, you got to have the attitude you that you don't, have, you, don't, you don't have a chance to get here every year.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the, um, the candidness of, yeah. of Levante David of just being like, yeah, I, I kind of felt that I would never make the postseason. And then now it's happened and um, happened very well, too, with winning a Super Bowl and winning a number of divisions as well. So, kind of goes back to what I always say is uh, appreciate the good times while you're in them, Bucks fans. Um, the other video I want to play from Levante, or probably one of the most meaningful ones, is Levante gets asked every single year about you want to play, you want to play with the Bucks next year, was he close to not returning this season? He answered all of that, and really the biggest sentiment of his response is, Levante David, why is he playing so well? Because he still loves oh yeah, game of football.
5: How close did you come to, to maybe not coming back? And, and just how are you able to still, do you think, lead a team in tackles, make the same plays you've been making at, at an age when most guys are not playing this game? I think it all goes back to me and my love for the game.
7: You know on um, me understanding that you know 10 other guys well shoot 52 other guys are counting on me when i'm out there you know so um uh, i have to carry myself a certain way you know on the field and off the field you know just be a leader when i'm out there you know whenever somebody need to make a play whenever somebody need a little motivation you know um, i'm gonna show them that you know <laughs> no matter what i'm gonna get my all you know every time so uh you know uh, it's a fun game man i love the game love playing football i just love the the camaraderie, you know, that you build guys, the relationship that you build with guys, you know, whenever it all said and done, that's the thing not miss the most.
2: Back next year and, and continue to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh man, you know, uh that's a
7: straight up question. Um uh, <laughs> Yes it is. Uh shoot, I don't know man. Uh I'm just gonna, you know, uh take it, you know, one day at a time. You know, right now, you know, I just wanna be able to give them all on Monday night to the team. And, uh, to my teammates and be able to, you know, take these things as, as We can go, you know, we just want to focus on, you know, getting through, you know, the playoffs and making it to the big dance right now. You know, uh, I feel like we got a great opportunity. You know, when you're in this position, there's always opportunity. You know, uh, it's real one-game seasons. So, we uh, to put our all in these, uh, you know, week to week and uh, see where it go from there. And then when it's all said and done, we'll probably have a talk.
0: When it's all said and done, we will probably have a talk. I mean, it's the same thing every year. Uh, Scott Reynolds, yeah. and Peter Report obviously asked the question. I didn't expect Levante to be like, oh, yes, I'm totally, <laughs> totally want to be back because this is one place where the Bucs kind of benefit a little bit from the lack of attention from Levante David, is like there should be a lot of teams that want Levante for how he played this season. I mean, it looks like he has not slowed down at all. Yeah. Obviously, the Bucks will want him back.
1: Yeah, and I really like his response and just saying we need to bring it all on Monday night. And it's true for just not just Levante, but the other Bucks free agents as well. Uh, yeah. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Devin White. They all just need to go out there and play their best football. And whatever happens afterward kind of happens. Uh, for Levante, David, at this point in his career, I don't see him going anywhere else. I know there was a talk last season of maybe the Bills, maybe the Lions, the Raiders. But Miami, yeah. Yeah. Levante David's a Buccaneer and he either plays for the Bucs in my mind or he retires. I don't see him maybe going and uh, to another team.
0: Yeah. Miami, I think could always be an option because he's from yeah. that area. You're still playing in Florida and the dolphins are a good team. I know they didn't win the division this year, but they're obviously they have a high powered offense and a lot of pieces to like, um, on the defensive side as well. Oh, we got a lot more video coming up. Um, we mostly covered yesterday stuff. Got another video from Baker that we, we could play later. Um, a lot today as well. But we also have Super Chats. And like we said, you Super Chat us, we get to it. Uh, Bucks basement with the 499 Super Chat says, and thank you Bucks Baseman. If we lose this game, Bowles has to be fired. Many attractive head coaching hires coming. If Atlanta picks the right hire, they will be your problem while we are stuck oh this is say <laughs> this is a very very difficult channel to to navigate because yeah. there you can look at the box and say hey they went nine and eight they won the division for the second year in a row they improved by a game this year And with their salary cap situation and the new quarterback and an unproven offensive coordinator. yep, That's very commendable. What can they do with another year uh, of seasoning for this whole team? That's one side of it. The other side of it is, wow, we can pinpoint to a lot of things, a lot of mistakes that Todd Bowles make from made from uh, defensive breakdowns, which is his side of the ball from in-game adjustments that did not work from in-game decisions that, uh, we're very questionable and yeah, you're nine and eight. You play anywhere else. You're not playing this weekend. You're here because the rest of your division stinks. Um, yeah. I would also counter, and I think this is important to remember. Sometimes, even though people don't want to wait, sometimes patience in the NFL works out. Sometimes you need time to develop something great. And I think the perfect example for all Buccaneers fans is the guy that is signing and drafting and trading for players in this organization. And that's Jason light. Let's remember Jason light spent a number of years where the team was not succeeding. They were not finding the right guys, the right coaches and they had losing season after losing season and a lot of people call for Jason Light to get fired. Let's not forget that. A lot of people wanted Jason Light gone. And many other organizations would have fired Jason Light. But they stuck with them. And it all paid off. They built a roster that was good enough that they were only a quarterback away. And it was an attractive roster enough to bring Bruce Arians out of retirement. And it was even more attractive to bring Tom Brady in. And for Tom to say, hey, I'm going to bring Gronk in too. And we're going to go and win a Super Bowl. If they don't have Jason Light, who knows if Tom Brady even comes to the Buccaneers. Um, So I would just keep that in mind when it comes to um, whether or not to let go of someone or whether or not to give them some more time to progress. Now, I will say, depending on who Atlanta gets as a head coach, I think it's all about who Atlanta gets as a quarterback, because that team is pretty damn good if they can find the right quarterback.
1: Yeah, and Matt, I just want to add about... Let's say the Bucs lose a game. Do they, do they really fire Todd Bowles, and would it be the best decision going forward? Because you look around the NFL. We mentioned it earlier with the Seahawks and Patriots letting go of their head coaches. There's so many openings around the NFL. The Bucs last year had trouble finding an offensive coordinator, and they went through 10-11 guys until they finally found Dave Canales. Would that be the same thing for the head coach? Will they spend so much time trying to interview and maybe lose the top candidates if they go to the chargers or the Seahawks or wherever, like it's almost a net loss. If the bucks fire bulls at this point, because then you also lose Dave Canales, Todd bull said today, Dave Canales at one point, he's going to be an NFL head coach. If not this year, then next year, or maybe down the line losing both of them after like progressing as the season has gone on, it almost set them backwards. Now I'm not saying Todd bull should stay or go. It's too early to see, based on how the playoffs go, but it's something to consider like grass isn't always greener. And if they let him go, then it might start the cycle of one year head coaches coming in and out kind of like the Browns did uh, that. That's what I'm reminded of like five, 10 years ago, every single year, new GM, new head coach. The Bucks have had stability and it's something that has worked in their favor.
0: Yeah, it's like there. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that too. So you really make a great point. Is do you want to be that team that like people make joke shirts about because you've had fifteen coaches in seventeen years and you've had twenty quarterbacks in twenty five years? No, but that could be the case depending on what your next move is. So uh, that's definitely something to keep in mind. Of Uh, you mentioned Todd Bowles talking about Dave Canales, these were his exact words: Dave Canales about their coaching job.
5: Can you say about him and just after just one year as a coordinator, is anyone ready to be a head coach?
6: That one? I think he's a very bright guy. He's going to be one. If not this year, he'll be one in the near future. Um, some credit to him and the work they put in on the offensive side of the ball with the coaches and the players and, you know, whatever accolades he deserves, he gets.
0: So, yeah, as people know, Dave Canales uh, is going to interview with the Panthers for their head coaching job. Don't worry yet, Bucks fans. I mean, the Panthers are interviewing literally everybody right now. (laughs) They kind of need to. Yeah, they kind of – yeah, as you said, they need to. Now, what's interesting is they are interviewing an offensive coordinator in their own division that they played twice, that they just saw last week, (laughs) and it's an offense that did not score a touchdown against the guy that you think you might be hiring. Yeah. Uh, um, And the Bucks offense has scored – Two touchdowns over the last two weeks, and they've scored a touchdown in one out of their last eight quarters. They scored two in the fourth quarter against the Saints two weeks ago. So not exactly the stride you want to hit going into the postseason for the Bucs offense. Um, Here's what Baker Mayfield had to say about uh, what's been missing from from this group as of late. What do you think's been missing over the last two weeks on offense that you want to see for Monday night?
4: Um, We just gotta. Like I said earlier, I got to take the easy completions early on. Keep keep ahead of the chains, get us going, Um, and and just you know, between the Saints game and the Carolina game, their fronts are really good against the rush. You know, we ran the ball we needed to with six minutes left in the game, so that that's big time. But um, just just got to get going early and start fast to where we can mix up our our different plays. The level of
1: trust you developed with these
4: guys, absolutely, Uh, not just offensively but defensively as well. No one, no one we have there. And also trusting in Chase McLaughlin. <laughs> so, uh, just knowing the pieces we have, knowing that you don't have to do anything special, do your job at the highest level you can. You don't have to be Superman, and uh, the rest will take care of itself. So, luckily, we got bailed out by the defense and special teams. But um, yeah, it's it's time for us to carry our weight and improve. And uh, what better time than now in the playoffs? And then the last
5: couple of weeks, you know, not so much on offense in terms of scoring touchdowns. So, you've been injured. That's been part of the story, right? It's not all on the quarterback, but. What do you think the kind of up and down um, sort of training has been?
4: Um, a lot of it starts with me. Uh, I'll be honest, taking the easy completions, taking taking the things that are there to put us in position to where Dave can call the plays that he wants to. And so um, just overall execution when it comes to the little fundamental things that we were doing really well for a couple weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Just getting back to that and making sure we're doing those right and helping our defense out, letting them get a little bit more break on the sideline and, and go from there. It's going to be essential
0: that the Buccaneers score a fair amount of points against the Eagles in their second matchup, and this one way more important, obviously, with it being in the postseason. So maybe they'll have some Celsius Essentials before the game to help them out. Uh, The Celsius Essentials are the newest flavors and newest products from Celsius Energy Drinks. Uh, They are performance energy drinks with 270 milligrams of caffeine to help you live fit. And of course, there's no sugar. Uh, it's the ultimate energy drink line by Celsius formulated for the fitness enthusiasts looking to elevate their performance. They are made with the Meta Plus formula that has three essential aminos and it provides you with an unbeatable combination of ingredients that support your physical and cognitive performance. With a specially formulated lineup of both flavors, the Celsius Essentials is a game changer for those wanting to unlock their full potential take their fitness journey to the next level. You can pick up the Celsius Essentials at 7-Elevens Nationwide. You can get their three-pack flavor like you see on the screen there at uh, the variety pack at Walmart, local Walmarts, national Walmarts, I should say. And they are going nationwide at select retailers very soon. And they are coming soon to Amazon as well. So check out the new Celsius Essentials. And of course, nothing wrong with going with their original flavors as well. Could be the sparkling watermelon, the peach vibe, the sparkling orange, the strawberry lemonade, the Fuji apple pear, um, the lemon lime, the Arctic vibes, my personal favorite. So if you know where to find any Celsius, go to the store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be at your local Walmart, 7-Eleven, health the fitness store, or your bodega.
1: Bodega.
0: And once you keep going to your Bodega and you want more and you want to get that variety pack, you can, because variety is the spice of life. Um, go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, get it in bulk. You have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge, so make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Yeah, uh, I just
1: t- want to say, yeah. I uh, the, the Blue Crush, uh, essential it is now my favorite Celsius. Hell it's, yeah. For a long time, that. it was the Arctic vibe and the lemon lime are probably in a tie for first, but man, anything blue raspberry is good. And this lives up to it. And it has more caffeine, which Hey, midday, instead of taking a nap, have one of yeah. these. You're good to go. You get that second wind.
0: A little pick me up. I personally love the Arctic vibe. I'm a huge fan. I've been having the cosmic vibe when I uh, get up and get ready to go to work. So yeah, shout out to Celsius. Shout out to Eric Moreno for this five dollars super chat. Thanks, Eric, who says um, anything to worry about Werfs? He will play. Uh, it says illness. I'm sure he will. Britton Baker will play too. That's funny. There's a wrestler who's Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. Um, or maybe she does it the other way. Anyway, DMD. Um, yeah. Let's get to that injury report. Um, thanks again to Eric for the super chat. KJ Britt, and remember, this was a walkthrough today. No one's really moving around. They just did special team stuff. So as the Bucs like to designate, uh, the Buccaneers conducted a walkthrough. The practice report is an estimation. So KJ Britt, calf did not practice. Mike Green, who's uh, still in that 21-day window the D-tackle, fully participated with a calf injury. Josh Hayes Limited with a quad and knee. Baker did not participate. Tristan Wirfs with an illness did not participate. For the Eagles, uh, not participating, Reed Blankenship, AJ Brown, Sidney Brown. I'm surprised Sidney Brown's still on this. He tore his ACL. Yeah. He's going to be done, unfortunately. I really liked him coming out of Illinois and his brother, too. Um, limited was Brian Covey and Jalen Hurts. We'll talk about Jalen Hurts in a minute. Um, and then Darius Slade, Devontae Smith, and DeAndre Swift all uh, fully participated. Baker, we know the drill. He's going to end up playing, they're taking yep. it very lightly with him. I really wouldn't worry too much about um, Tristan Wirfs. I know Todd Bowles had a had a bit of a cold last week. I'm sure it's something like that. It's a playoff game. Tristan Wirfs is not missing a playoff game because of an illness. So yeah, um, he's
1: going. He's gonna have a Jordan flu game if it comes down yeah, to it.
0: Yeah, more like a Jordan cold game. Um, but nonetheless, um, so let's talk a little bit more about kind of the topic of today's show. we got more videos we'll get to as well. Um, but how this team has improved, how they gotten better, really like what they've learned. And I, I think one of the big things, Adam, that we learned from the defensive side, I mean, from Yaya Diaby being on the show on Monday, he talked about it. Love this picture, so we got to put it up. So Thank Yaya you. talked about it the other day on the show. Levante David spoke about it today. And Antoine Winfield Jr. mentioned it uh, yesterday as well, uh, yesterday with Lavonte David. I'm going to play the two videos of Lavonte David and Antoine Winfield Jr. Then uh, you guys decide. Uh, wh- what's the big thing that they that they all pointed to? Uh,
7: well, I learned about them, you know, that physical team, you know, they dominated up front, off the line. You know, I feel like their team run through their off line. You know, they go as far as they off the line go. So uh for a front seven, we definitely gotta come with our A game. You know, I believe, you know, first time you played, they probably ran for almost two hundred yards on us. So, um, or did run two for two hundred yards, whatever. But um you know, you know, um that's that's you know, something that, that we gotta take advantage of because we hang our hat on the ring game. So, uh, you know, they still do that really well. So uh, we just gotta be able to come
5: focus and prepare. I mean, they, they struggling down the
2: here. Yeah, yeah, but it's still the same team. You know, they run their offense the same way, and so um, it's going to be a good challenge for us here uh, coming up on Monday. What you learned from playing them back then? Uh, what I learned is first and foremost, we got to stop the run. They gashed us um, during that uh, that first game,
0: and so that's one thing that I learned from that we got to do better job this time around. Sounds like the Bucks are committed to stopping the run. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they allowed over two two 201 yards specifically against the Eagles. The only thing I worry about, Adam, is they just allowed 130 to Carolina with Chuba Hubbard doing most of the damage. I, I know uh, Bryce Young had a scramble in there that kind of skewed the numbers a bit. As much as the Eagles have struggled, and yes, they've lost five of six, you'd rather be the Bucks winning five of six, they've still been able to score. They have still dropped 25 plus 30 plus it's been the defense. That's really been the issue for the Eagles down the stretch. Um, but it sounds like the bucks are fully, fully committed to stopping the run against the Eagles spoke to Devin white today as well. And, um, This is what he had to say about playing against the Eagles, too.
5: Great thing, uh, being able to see them before, seeing how they want to attack us. You know, you got some familiar familiar things with them, and we kind of know what to do this time, and, you know, we know how we can attack them, and, you know, kind of just good like you know you've seen them before so you, you know you're ready the second time go around you know you're not gonna let them do it uh twice and last time you know they ran the ball pretty good on us so now that's the big emphasis and you know most people think like oh they got a.j brown Devontae Smith, that they're gonna come out swinging it and that's kind of how i thought too but no nah, they that's not how they start you know they start with the run first so we just gotta stop them up front
1: adam is that Matt, something you, yeah go ahead I, I was just gonna say you mentioned the 130 number against the Panthers. 130 was the amount of rushing yards that DeAndre Swift ran the last time he played the Bucks, averaging eight yards a carry. So, the emphasis on stopping the run is paramount. Uh, with and it up front, I mean, hey, Kalijah Kansi, he's going to be playing this week after not playing in week three. The emergency, Yaya Diaby, and the man you just saw, Devin White, being healthier than the last time these two teams played, it'll help the run game and uh, run defense. But this game, it's going to come down to the trenches on both sides of the ball. The Bucks' running game, can it get going? Last time, Rashad White only ran for 38 yards on 14 carries. So the physicality on both sides of the uh, offense and defense, it needs to be there. And early on, too, because the Eagles have shown they have enough like depth up front to go all four quarters.
0: Yeah, they do. And that interior defensive line from the Eagles still does a ton of damage. Uh, Jalen Carter, a lot of those guys in the mix. And that's the weakness. If you're going to point to the weakness of the Bucks' offensive line. It's the guards and the center. I mean, yeah. more Hainesy and, and more Stinny, But we've seen the pass blocking kind of regress from the Bucks over the past couple of weeks. And again, coming at a poor time. Uh, coming at a good time is more of these super chats that we are getting. So let's address them. Starting with Bucks Baseman. Thank you for the ninety nine super chat saying trade Dean, get back Jordan Whitehead. I thought Whitehead. Uh, <clears> it
4: was, having a, it was deja a two vu. year
0: deal. Yeah. I'm having deja vu. Cause we definitely talked about this before. Yeah. Whitehead is either a free agent this year or he has one more season. I think he might be a free agent. Whatever yeah. it is, um, I would be shocked if the Bucs tried to trade either – I'm not reporting this. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to trade Dean or Carlton Davis. Um, the odds are that probably one of them would end up getting cut, and that would be Davis because they just signed Dean to a contract this offseason. So there's more guaranteed, There's more dead money that they would have to eat now versus Carlton already being a couple of years – into that contract, I do agree that um, they should look at an upgrade at strong safety just to allow Antoine Winfield Jr. to do even more stuff at free yeah. safety if they can kind of find that solid, strong safety to be in there. I think the Bucks have done well since they've adjusted the playing time of Ryan Neal and not just having Ryan Neal play hundred percent of the snaps I think he's done better in his limited role of about you know 45 and shifting D Delaney in there from time to time um so it's definitely an option for sure
1: yeah and I would say it, it's interesting uh with the Jets uh Jordan Whitehead and Bryce Huff could both be targets for the Bucks. Yeah. uh Bryce Huff he does amazing and like limited snaps I believe in the oh, pass yes. rush. and the, and the Bucks need another pass rusher so two Jets do make sense there
0: yeah, so Bryce Huff is very interesting because predominantly he was a third down guy, but he's come out and said that he wants to prove that he's an every down, uh, you know, edge rusher or just a guy that plays on the end. Curious to see how that would look in a Bucks style of uh, defense, but we'll talk more about free agency in the offseason. <clears throat> Thanks to Meets McGee for this $2 super chat, who says, just here to show love. Keep up the good job. Thank you very much, Misa Thank Misa you. McGee. Uh, appreciate you as a commenter. You're always in the mix. You have a lot of uh, Super Chats as well. So we thank you. Bucks Baseman with the 499 Super chat says, the only knock against Light. I know it says Nick, but it probably means knock. Uh, the only knock against Light was his 2021 draft. God-awful draft. Also, he needs to hit on top picks aside from Cancy. He hasn't since winning Super Bowl 55. I would say another knock against him was drafting Roberto Aguayo in the second round. So yeah. not the only knock against Jason Light. But every GM is going to have bad picks. It's impossible to be perfect in this draft. Um, the 2021, yeah, not looking ideal at the moment with um, – I mean, JTS is a first-rounder. We talked about it yesterday, Adam. JTS is a third stringer. If it yeah. wasn't that he was drafted in the first round, you'd say, all right, JTS, solid backup player, solid depth. You got it. If they drafted Yaya yabi where they drafted JTS and they drafted JTS, where they drafted Yaya Tjhabi. That's a great point. You'd be point, like, "Wow, yeah. look at these picks from Jason Light." <laughs> now he still gets credit for Yaya in the third round, but he gets uh, you know, takes a hit for um, for Joe Tryanchenko. Then you have Kyle Trask in that second round. Obviously, that's not working out. You can turn to um, obviously Rashad White uh, in the fourth round. I believe that that looks like it's it's starting to pan out a little bit. I know that was last season um but yeah i
1: i will say with uh like jts and trask like those were the last picks of their respective rounds as well which is something you also have to consider like it's not like a first rounder, like top 10 like it was a 30 second guy and again jts hasn't been awful he maybe hasn't been what bucks fans have envisioned or expected like in terms of his ceiling but it's not to say he was a horrible draft pick it just hasn't worked out as expected
0: uh, thanks to Zach Jarvis for this 1999 Super Chat. Appreciate you, Zach, who says, The Eagles' weakness of defense is the middle where the linebackers are. Baker's weakness seems to be throwing in the middle of the field because of the batted passes and his height not being able to see over the line. Go Bucks! Yeah, I mean, we can kind of pencil in Baker's going to have a pass knocked down at the line of scrimmage. I know all quarterbacks do, but Baker, it's every single week. You could set your watch yeah. to it. Um, that's not trying to allude to Trask's time or anything like that. Um uh, but yeah Baker bakes a lot but some of his some of his uh Baker's dozen ends up being unedible because they're a uh uh knockdown at the <laughs> at the line of scrimmage. Um yeah Baker <clears throat> he's had his issues throwing everywhere. Um I because yeah. he struggles to the outside as well too. The biggest issue for him throwing over the middle is that's where he's run into players kind of jumping routes and things of that nature and almost coming away with interceptions. That's what I'd be more worried about for Baker.
1: Yeah. And especially this week with you're, you're probably expecting Baker to have limited mobile mobility again with his ribs injury uh, with his ankle injury. Is he going to be able to move around the pocket when uh, referring to the super chat, you talk about throwing in the middle of the field, being able to see guys, maybe moving and dancing out of the pocket to find the open guy. That might be a concern.
0: We're going to get some more videos from the Bucks facility from yesterday and mostly today. Uh, but first, let's watch a video from our friends over at Muni Financial.
3: At Muni Financial, we help you live in the now.
8: Good. Congratulations. You We're so happy Thank for you. You. you.
0: Thank you.
3: And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future.
8: How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic.
3: I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. A-Muni Financial. Plan ahead.
5: Stay ahead.
0: That's right. A-Muni Financial has proudly been serving clients across the country since 1980. They have advisory service, investment banking, annuities, sales and trading, and they can help you with many other things, including uh, setting up a college account. your child if uh, that's what they want to do next the cool thing about immunity financial is they have offices all over the country not just in tampa or colorado you could be in philly maybe you're maybe you're a bucks fan in philly Uh, you can go to immunity financial you can be out in vegas or oregon i know they're happy right now because their coach is coming back dan lanning um but yeah check out a financial give them a call get a free consultation See how they can help you. If it's absolutely free, you got you got nothing to lose in this situation. And uh, so, please help our sponsors over at Immunity uh, Financial. Let's get to some more videos that we saw today. Um, <clears throat> a lot of conversation about the Eagles, obviously, and uh, yeah. playing them again. Heard from Devin White before. Let's go a little offense. Let's go with um, with Cody Mauk and how this team has developed. We got a couple of Cody Mauks in there. we'll we'll start it out with uh, developing since week three. When
1: you talk about change for you personally, how much have you changed uh, since week three and going up against the Eagles the first time?
3: I mean, I'd say a whole lot you know, that was really early on one of my first starts and it's just, you you can see a lot of growth you know, there's absolutely ups and downs throughout the year but I think it's been, you know, a little bit more steady up than it has down and uh, I think you just got to keep building on that and especially looking back in week three it's like, you seem like a completely different player than you were back then
0: run games going to be huge yeah in this one uh so here's Mal talking about uh both the run game and playing against that eagles defensive line
3: i don't know if it's a mentality or what it is but that's the biggest thing we have to do especially as an offensive line is just we got to get the run game started sooner you know the last few weeks it's taken us a little bit you know it's third quarter, fourth quarter, I mean, if you can start that sooner, uh, it just kind of helps the entire offense it helps the whole team out if we can do that. So really putting it on us this week to just start fast. You know, I think it's uh, like, yeah, they've been, been going against some dudes all year and and this is, you know, one of the best defensive fronts in the league. So you got to be on top of your game, and I think that's the biggest thing. Just, you know, you never take plays off, but you have to make sure mentally you're there every single snap. Because even if you're, you know, if your techniques off just a little bit against these guys, they're going to expose it. So it's just really, I think, being locked in mentally and technique wise every single, every single rep.
8: Are you able to lean on your?
0: Speaking of the run game, how about the running back himself, Rashad White? Um,
7: yeah, I mean, when you look back at Week Three, yeah, you're just starting off the season, so of course, uh, you know, we're just figuring out a lot of Gotta things. On, things like that uh, got man. to where now, and yeah, you kind of already know who kind of everybody is as a player and, and things like that, and what they can bring to the table. So uh, you just do the best you can. I know Coach Canales do it, just trying to put us in good situations for us to win as players. And as a player, you do the best you can to just play hard and play and uh, just
0: be you. It's going to be very important as well for the Bucs to get off to a good start because they haven't done that really at all this season. And I don't think this is a game where the Bucs can really play from behind that much. So Luke Gedeke, Spoke about uh, setting the tempo early.
1: How do you guys go about like setting the tempo up front this week?
0: Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of times the offense goes how the
3: offensive line goes. So I mean, just being physical, winning the physicality battle up front, and really taking pride and ownership in our work and everything, each and every play.
0: Got a couple more super chats. Uh, great question here from Jordy Peterson. Thanks for the 499 super chat. How would have y'all feel? About a Bucks Brown Super Bowl from a story standpoint. Baker beating his old team. Well, we're seeing a little bit of a version of this um on either Saturday or Sunday night with Matt Stafford playing against the yeah. Lions.
1: And then uh, Jared Goff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jared, yeah, that's the other side of it. Jared Goff as well. The Bucks are no strangers to this. Um, if you recall their first Super Bowl, John Bruden facing his old team. Yep at the time the Oakland Raiders then Brady didn't play the Patriots the year they won in 2020 but I believe the following year they did or two seasons ago no uh, last it was two years ago Yeah. Um, yeah so there is a precedent for this with the Buccaneers specifically storyline wise oh, it would be so cool it would be absolutely fantastic everybody would eat it up it would be so great and I said this in the media room I, 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 yeah, I'll be. There's no reason for me to lie about this. I put in a futures this week on the Browns to win the AFC Championship game and go to the Super Bowl cool. representing the AFC. Now, for the Bucs, I think the best path for the Bucks to get to the Super Bowl, they obviously have to beat the Eagles on Monday. That goes without saying. I think you want the Rams to upset the Lions in Detroit. No offense, I think the, the Cowboys are going to smoke the Packers. Uh, that way, you got the Rams playing the 49ers, and the Bucs go to Dallas. The Cowboys, they always choke. They are choke artists. They've been doing they this are. for quite a while now. So Bucks upset the Cowboys in Dallas. Rams upset the 49ers because it's a divisional game, third time around. A divisional team is more likely to beat uh, you know, a team like the 49ers and any other group. Then you got the Bucks Rams, rematch of 2021, revenge game for the Bucks, and it's a home game. Bam, Bucks go to the Super Bowl. I know it's a long shot. I'm just saying that's the best. You just path. laid it all out. That's the best path for the Bucks to get to the Super Bowl.
1: We'll say, though, in the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, when you look at the MLB this, this past year, all the, I think, the top five winningest teams won collectively one playoff game. So, I mean, Anything can happen in sports and especially in the NFL. And looking at the bucks Brown Super Bowl, it, it, there would be a lot of storylines. It would be similar to last year with the Eagles and the Chiefs, uh, the Kelsey Bowl, Andy yeah. Reid playing his old team. I think it would be fun. Is it realistic? Expecting b- those two things to both happen, that's another question, but a, a good comment.
0: Yeah. Uh, Eric Marino with the $2 Super Chat. Thank you. Says, you expect worse to fully be out there tomorrow? Maybe. Maybe he'll be limited. Um, it's an illness. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. So I, I don't know about that. I would definitely expect him to play on Monday. Gets an extra day to recover. Who knows if, if he'll if he'll practice tomorrow though. And then Kelly's Field, thanks for the dollar ninety-nine super chat. Says the ship will ship with Captain Baker. Yeah, I, I think this offense very much it goes as um, as the Bucks offense goes. Um let's get to some more videos. We got a lot. Not going to be able to get to all of them, but uh, there's one that I really want to play that I think is very important. Uh, For those that may not know, every year in the Bucks media, they do it for every single team. um, There is an award. It's called the Good Guy Award, and it's given out every year to a for for the Bucks. uh, Given out every year to a Bucks player that um, best handles the media. That kind of gives us the best answers or responses or just being willing to, to work with us, I guess. And um, we vote on it. Uh, everyone gives their individual votes. I think there's over 20 votes this year. They're collected by the pro football writers of America. The Tampa chapter president is, uh, it's Greg Allman of Fox sports. A lot of people watching this show know who Greg is. Yeah. Um, great, great person. Um, great, great at his job too. Excellent reporter. And the winner this year was none other than number 14 wide receiver, Chris Godwin, very deserving of the award. It is now called the Mark Cook Good Guy Award. Um, so it was named after Mark a year or two ago. Obviously, Peter Report fans know Mark. He was a mentor to me, was with Peter Report for a very long time. Love him and miss him. He uh, passed away, unfortunately, two or three years ago. Um, and I think I believe it was Greg's idea to name the award after yeah. Mark Cook. So shout out to Greg for that. Um, this is... Greg Aumann presenting the Mark Cook Good Guy Award to Chris Godwin. The uh, Football Letters
8: Association, every chapter in the country, does a Good Guy Award every year. Yeah. Uh, here in Tampa, it's the Mark Cook Memorial Award. Uh, we lost Mark two years ago. Mark was a good guy. And, uh, I'm so proud to submit his name. Uh, go to the player who best handles the media aspects. Uh, your job makes our job easier. And we certainly appreciate that. Uh, this is for 2023. Obviously, you came here as a guy that knew the right way to answer questions. Uh, who talked to us after wins and losses alike. Um, a lot of good candidates in this locker room. But we had, I think we had 20 people vote on this award. Seven different guys got votes. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, who won last year, was a strong second, but you had first. Uh, so this goes to you. Uh, I think in particular, I think people remember you had a tough week this year uh, where your wife was kind of outspoken with things. A lot of people might have been hesitant to speak to it, might have let it go. I think you helped yourself um, by speaking right here on this backdrop, um, kind of helped yourself with the team and probably the phone as well. So, so, again, no matter the circumstances, you're someone who's happy to talk with us. And this goes to you. Well, this is now a permanent award, uh, so you don't have a trophy to take home. It'll be yeah. on the wall, it'll have your name. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Awesome. Thanks again for, I appreciate for, you, for all you do. Yeah, yeah I really do do appreciate it. Very cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate Thank you. you, sir. Thanks again. Well deserved. Very cool, Thanks, nice. Chris. Thank you, Chris.
0: Yeah, awesome. Congratulations. congratulations. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. So, congratulations to Chris yeah. Godwin. A little behind the scenes. My vote actually went for Chris Godwin. Uh, I thought it was very close between him and Tristan Wirfs. Wirfs ended up winning uh, last year. Uh, I think I voted for him last year, so... Whoever I vote on tends to win, but really the only reason why I picked Chris over Tristan is because Chris, you know, had a little bit more of an up and down season, so had to answer for some of the struggles this year. And then obviously the big thing, like with his wife calling out Todd Bowles, he answered it head on. He, I don't even want to say face the music, but he was open to talking about it and I think delivered a really good answer. So that's really the tiebreaker for me. Did you end up uh, getting to vote?
1: I actually did not get the chance to vote, but... For me, I think Godwin deserves it. He's more than deserving based on his response, as Greg alluded to, after he had zero catches the first time they played the Panthers and his wife called uh, Todd Bowles out, he gave a really thoughtful answer and did something that not a lot of people would do. And again, like through the ups and the downs, he was always there answering questions and more than patient. So he's a humble guy and he deserves to win the award.
0: Yeah, well put. Um, we also heard from the other star wide receiver on the Bucks, Mike Evans, who wasn't the most talkative. I don't think he was in a bad mood by any means. Uh, so this is more of a compilation of what Mike had to say. Uh, the biggest thing was the Eagles have struggled in the secondary. Um, and Do other teams kind of look at that, or in this case, the Bucks, how they look at that? And then he got asked about what it would mean to win all pro, and he doesn't really think he's going to win. <laughs> His words, not
5: ours. Okay. I'm just excited, excited for another opportunity to, to play with the fellas, strap it up and you know, give our best shot to play next week. The team keeps it in mind, but for a player like me, I don't because I, I'm gonna see a lot of coverage regardless. Um, it's always like that, we play a team that gives up a lot of yards when they play against. Our team, there's gonna be a safety over top, somebody helping me somewhere. So I gotta just you know, come with it, be as fresh as possible, you know, you know, play hard throughout the game. On it. Yeah, it means a lot, but I don't know if this year it was four guys to make it, four receivers. Right, right. It three.
0: three
5: okay. It would be tough to make it this year, but if I made it, you know, I would definitely be appreciative.
0: By the way, if you want to pick Mike or Chris or any of the other uh, star players from the Buccaneers over at Underdog Fantasy, you can sign up using the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, Get a first deposit bonus um, over there. You can pick anywhere from two to five players. Has to be one from each team. Win up to 20 times your money with stats on higher or lower on rushing yards, passing touchdowns, and everything else in between. Check out Underdog Fantasy using the promo code pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get a bonus with our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Got a late super chat before we finish up the show. Thanks to Hostway Ortiz who says... Baker's thrown great games. He's also thrown horribly ones, horrible ones. Um, and this Bucks team beat Philly if he throws only a good game or is more needed. Yeah. I think only a good game for uh, Baker Mayfield would be more than fine. I mean, the yeah. big key is not turning the ball over. Um, and how, what are they looking like on the ground game? Is he throwing out of necessity or is he throwing because that's what the play is designed for? Uh, but a good Game by Baker Mayfield could definitely put the Bucks over the top.
1: Yeah, and I think this game almost comes down to who's the more healthier quarterback uh, between Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield. But for Mayfield, I don't think he has to do too much and just kind of manage the game more so and also getting Rashad White involved and in getting the run game going, controlling the tempo. I think Cody Mauck and Luke Gedeke alluded to it. If they set the physicality up front and Rashad White can get some yards on the ground, that's going to be the biggest factor and because either team, I don't think they're going to be re- relying on the pass game. This isn't going to be a shootout. It's going to be yeah. who controls the clock and the ball on the ground. And so if Mayfield, Hey, he throws 200 yards, maybe a touchdown or two. I think that's enough to get him to win because not a lot of points are going to be scored.
0: Yeah. Especially with this weather. And it's going to be up. Yeah, and down. a rainy we're one gonna play uh, two more videos. Then we're going to get out of here first. For Baker Mayfield about playing the Eagles again.
1: Three game against the Eagles, it feels like it was a lifetime mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not to you, but I, yeah. I think when you look back to that and where this team is now,
8: how different is this Buccaneers team?
4: We were really trying to find ourselves at that point in the season, trying to figure out who we were going to be, especially offensively. And um, yeah, I think we've kind of realized what we're good at, you know, the bread and butter for us. And also, they've, they've changed on defense. They've had some injuries, a different play caller now for them as well, Matt Patricia's calling it. So, a um, little bit different variabilities, but it's Got to handle it. Got to prepare. Uh, and so luckily, we have four games where he's been calling the games, and so we got to, you know, key into that. And what's his, uh, what's his go-to? And yeah, we're, we're just different uh, in the sense that we've, you know, been more foundationally better within the run game, knowing what we're good at scheme-wise, and uh, just got to get the passing game back going again. In game, knowing that sack, uh, turnover is just going to be tight. Yeah, um, for me, it's. You know, it goes back to how can we just move the chains, you know, staying, you know, when we have our shots, take them, but uh, stay ahead of the chains, especially against a team like this that has a great front. They're aggressive uh, and allows the secondary to play aggressive as well. So staying ahead of the chains for me, which is taking the easy completions, which uh, definitely need to improve on from the past couple weeks and um, go from there.
0: Correction. We're going to play two videos, but they're shorter ones. Uh, Next could be his last game as a Buccaneer. So if this is his swan song, at least he's talking about them uh, playing as a group or that they got here um as a group that's get live 45 Devin Wayne
5: more than enough you know we're not here about fluke you know teams just don't get in the playoffs you know obviously people like oh they got the worst division but our division them beat a lot of great teams in this league so I mean it's just any given Sunday you know uh, a lot of people might not pick us but we're picking ourselves you know we're going out there with that mentality that we're going to win this game and you know we belong out there you know obviously we at home field advantage as well so we need the Bucks fans to come out there and be loud, and, you know, help get us over that edge because we feed off those guys as well. And I think uh, this one is for us, you know, uh, we got to come out there and make a statement.
0: And then, last but not least, Todd Bowles about um, stopping Jalen Hurts and how to beat the Eagles, which they haven't yet.
6: Um, and how does his runs uh, compare to with Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? How do they use him as a, as a scramble? I mean it's huge. I mean he gets his runs in but it's the passing runs that kill you when you rush four and he's so athletic he gets up out the pocket anyway when you have four when you try to rush on normal. When you send five and you make somebody miss he gets up through the hole that's going to be a real concentration point because I don't see anybody that's really stopped it. Uh, we just got to try to limit it to being 50, 30, 40, 50 yard games and try to keep it at 6, 7, and 8 hopefully.
5: How do you beat Philadelphia?
6: Well how let you know after the game? I don't know how you beat them yet because we haven't beaten them this year. Um, we got to be ready for everything. They can run it and they can throw it. They got like they got a great offensive line, they got great receivers and they got very good running backs and the quarterback's playing great. so we got to prepare for everything.
0: Guys, remember Monday we are going to have the pewter Game Day show for the playoffs playoffs. <laughs> uh, a playoff edition of the Peter Game Day show. Uh, the pregame show is going to start around 7. Maybe we'll push it back to 7.15 because I think the game starts at 8.15. Uh, an hour pregame show with myself and Adam, so the two people you've watched this whole show with. And then um, the live reactions, opinions, all that stuff, that goes on at kickoff when the game starts at 8.15. So it's going to be on our YouTube channel. Just go right to Peter Report tv to find it out in the meantime please follow us on all of our social media channels um on x facebook threads and instagram we are at pewter report and our youtube channel is pewter report tv where we got the podcast different videos and clips from the bucks facility and just other shows that we have um it's all great please like and subscribe leave a comment uh, even after the show is done we're very close to thirteen thousand subscribers would love to get to that before the game starts on monday night so uh if you can please help us out with uh that aspect of it that's gonna do it for us for adam slavon i'm matt matera saying thanks everybody for watching we'll see you on monday night for another edition of the peter report podcast out
5: out